Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. So we're back. Aaron is sort of here. If you hear the boys in the background, it's because they have toys. And they're here. They're here. Grumbling. They're, they're sitting like nice little boys for once. So so we're going to see how it goes. Yeah. If you hear some weird gnawing in the background, I'll try and take it out afterwards. Yeah. Chip's got a ball. <laughs> that thankfully doesn't squeak. It just... It's just... <laughs> yeah. Makes other unsavory noise. Erin's on her near deathbed. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. I have tea in front of me. And it's your birthday this week, so you must get better. Yeah, I gotta shape up. You do. So, after this, I'm gonna rest up and then hope for the best. <laughs> when do you work next? Uh, Thanksgiving. You work on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Tom's is open on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Do people go to Tom's on Thanksgiving? Yeah. I really? Think so. Yeah. Huh. What I've heard. I'm bamboozled. Didn't I wouldn't have expected that answer. Yes. We'll see how that goes. No. I think I'm going to the city. What? To see the parade. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to take the bus. I mean, just me and Sophia, because Eric's on call, so we'll take the bus up and meet so uh, Susie and Scotty and Sam. Oh, okay. Because I've never done that before. No. Is it going to be like New Year's Eve where you have to wear a diaper? No. So she said that it's not like that because you don't need to like save your spot. Uh And people are usually kind of nice when they see like kids. They let the kids like closer to the front. Oh. Um, But she said there's like ample places to just go to the bathroom. Like you don't have to save your spot kind of thing. Because I think the the diaper issue with New Year's Eve, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Times Square, when they drop the ball, people will go there like... 14 hours ahead of New Year's and save a spot for them mm-hmm. to stand to watch the ball drop. But because you can't leave your spot, then you end up like wearing a diaper. Yeah. Um, but that happens because it's like a spot that they're trying to keep. Okay. So we're good. Yeah. I don't really care about spots. I, I just want to see a balloon. Okay. I think it'd be cool. Well, it could also be know. really triggering because, you know, I don't like crowds or anything. So, yeah. <laughs> flee the scene <laughs> if you see me on the news you heard it here first running <laughs> <laughs> leaving Sophia oh, Sophia is just riding a float back <laughs> back to Jersey it was the quickest way <laughs> ma'am <laughs> so um, I can't talk that much so I guess I'm gonna get into it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard still so I gotta warm up. <clears throat> so this week, I was gonna tell us about the Route 40 killer. Ooh, I don't know if you've heard of him. Sounds familiar, mm-hmm. but so you guys know Rachel and I are from New Jersey, so I feel like we have a lot of serial killers. But I'm also just saying that 
and I don't know. I, I I know, like I do know, but I don't. I I do think we're yeah. Like there's enough. There that there's like, enough. Don't ask me to name one, but I know we have them. Oh, I have one. I'm going to talk about it later today. Oh, um, so. Alicia Woodward and John Esposito. Okay, that's my second case. There you there you have it. So at least two. So I guess it makes some sense, but I was still like kind of surprised. That is interesting that there's only one. Just one. Because even though it's tiny, like we're a tiny state and there's still 8 million people that live here. So yeah, there's still a lot of people that live in Delaware. Just one. And just one. Yeah. So, and he is Stephen Brian Pinnell. Oh. P-E-N-N-E-L-L. So I'm going with Pinnell. E-L-L. Pinnell. I would say Pinnell, yeah. Yeah, probably Or wrong. Penal, if he's a real dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, he, he is. because he's the only serial killer in Delamore. Yeah, he... <laughs> <laughs> he means he is not good. <laughs> and he's the Route 40 killer. Okay. That's what they called him. We're back. <laughs> if that's I really look. want them to be able to stay, but then they can't. They, they can't. It's they, chibi. They just argue. He's, They're just disgruntled brothers. Just looks at me and barks the sh- most shrill bark. So, on November 29th, 1987, a couple driving through an industrial area, area in Newark, Delaware, would stumble across something that would change a lot of people's lives. And what they thought was a mannequin... <gasps> on the side of the road. I hate that. Turned out to be a body. Oh. When they got closer. So. That. Oh. Sucks. And the body was Shirley Ellis. And she recently um, had purchased nursing books and was trying to turn her life around. Because uh. she used to be a sex worker. Mm. She was badly beaten and fragments of duct tape were found in her hair. Oh. Her hands and feet were still tied with tape. And there were no signs of sexual assault after an autopsy was performed. Interesting. Which was surprising, kind of, because she was found with her pants down, her bra was cut open, and they mutilated her breasts, too. Oh. Yeah. It was brutal. But she was severely beaten, and the murder weapon was a hammer. Oh. Yes. To her head. And Shirley was walking around along Route 40 to deliver a Thanksgiving dinner to a patient in the oh, nearby hospital. I know. Thanksgiving dinner. She, she wasn't even working there yet. She was just delivering it to a friend. Oh. Um, when she met her gruesome fate on the chilly November night, and it was a 14-mile trek that she was on. So she knew that because um, she had been a sex worker, she didn't plan on walking the 14 miles, but she knew that she could hitchhike, right? Okay. So she was trying to hitch a ride. She knew that area was easy on Route 40. Like, that was... To get picked up. That was where she would be able to get picked up. 14 miles. Jeez. Though. Yeah. So whoever gave her a ride was certainly the killer, right? And there was not much evidence for police to go off, and there wasn't a lot of movement happening. And poor Shirley... um wouldn't really get justice for a little while, but eventually her killer would be would be caught. It's unfortunate though that it happens a lot with sex workers. Yes. For whatever reason it's just Yeah. I mean the reasons being obviously um if you're a sex worker there's a higher chance you're gonna be uh, using, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're also, I mean, she's also trying to hitchhike. A yeah. lot of sex workers are on the road. They're hitchhiking. They're getting in. Um, 
unknown vehicles. A lot of them are using. A lot of them are estranged from their family. So there are reasons why I guess they're targeted, but I'm not trying to say it makes it any like they're still human beings. And oh yeah, just as um, important as anybody. But that is why they're targeted so often, right? Just because it's easier to find somebody like that than to come and abduct somebody from their home or anything or in other situations, right? Yeah, and I guess the because they're sex workers um, and they usually are estranged from their family or just don't live near other people, it takes longer for someone to realize they're missing. Exactly. Chibata. A lot of them do have people. A lot of these of these women and men, I guess, do have people that love them and who are looking for them, but they're kind of used to just not hearing from them for a while, too, right? Okay. So that's yeah, yeah, because they're kind of just drifters. Yes, yes. So poor Shirley, but they would obviously um, later find the killer, right? Because I'm talking about it. So, mm-hmm. but so there was no movement. Until June 29th, 1988, when another body had been found with striking similarities to Shirley. Mm-hmm. So on June 28th, 1988, Catherine DeMora was abducted from Route 40. So that's the same highway that Shirley was on. Mm-hmm. Around 11.30 p.m. And her body would be found quickly the next morning at a construction site by the workers in the early morning hours. Like super early, around oh. 5, 6. So not a lot of time in between, right? No, not really. So just like Shirley, Catherine's body was badly beaten and bruised. Again, there were no signs of sexual assault. And it was also clear that work tools like a hammer were used in the slaying of Catherine DeMauro as well. And the one difference police noted between Shirley and Catherine is that Catherine was riddled with blue fibers all over her body. Interesting. They found all of these blue fibers. So that is a little something to go off, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Luckily, the police recognized the similarities right away, and but it also made them fear the for the worst that they had a serial killer on their hands, just because it was so brutal, right? The nature of it, and yeah, the crime and everything. Yeah, hammer. That's personal. It was you know? so similar, so they really linked it quickly, and then they were like, "Fuck, now we have could possibly have a serial killer." So the police reached out to the FBI to get a profile for the person who could be committing these crimes across okay. Route Forty. Um, so they acted fast on that, went right to the FBI. So by July, the police had female officers posing as sex workers along the highway where the killer had last struck. Oh. Good plan also, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that's innovative, honestly. Yeah, for somewhere that didn't have serial killers, really, or... I'm like, they had a plan. Like, yeah. You know, they they did, they seemed to do the right things in this situation, but I don't know. It was a long time ago, also. And Michelle Gordon would be the next victim. And she was also a sex worker, last seen on Route 40. And witnesses reported seeing her climbing into a blue van to never be seen again. And even though the police were getting closer, the killer was able to strike again. And this time, no body would be found. So Kathleen Meyer was last seen entering a blue van again. So this is, we're up to like four women now. Ugh. Um, blue van's no, becoming a theme. But there's no plates. Like they. Yeah, no, not yet. And interesting enough, the witness who spotted her was an off-duty police officer who was not aware of the decoy operation going on. Like, so he didn't know that there were these. Okay. That. The police were undercover there, posing as sex workers, doing this whole thing. 
But luckily, he did have the feeling that something was not right, so he jotted down the license plate number oh. of the blue van. Okay. But he didn't share this experience with anybody until later. Oh. Yeah. He just so. sat with that information. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Renee Lano, one of the female police officers in the decoy operation, noticed a blue van passing by at least seven times. Wow. So at this point, there's nothing. The police don't know anything about a blue van, right, in the decoy operation, just the off-duty. So okay. at this point, Renee's like, oh, I see this random blue van has passed seven times, like, hewing around, like, just coming up and down the highway. Mm-hmm. So she thought it was suspicious. Suspicious. She decided to go to a more dark and kind of dangerous location to see if she could get them, the driver, into stopping for her. So finally, the driver of the van stopped and tried to coax Renee inside. So she was, like, just kind of, like, distracting him because um, he's trying to get her in the car, right? And yeah. She, and their whole thing was, like, don't get in the car. Don't actually get in. Yeah, just get what you can, like, but don't, by all, like... Like, the last thing you're doing is getting in the car. So she's, like, glazing over his interest, and she's speaking with him about his van, trying to distract him. And while she's doing this, she scraped the car's interior through the door jam. She was trying to get a piece piece of, like, the blue carpet interior on the panel. Interesting. Okay. As a sample to compare to fibers found anywhere, right? So she's just trying to get something. Mm Mm-hmm. And Renee did note how all of the men she had spoken to in this operation, this guy stood out. He was, like, hard to converse with. He was stoic, just kind of super awkward, I guess. Okay. So the police ran the van's plates and saw it was registered to 31-year-old Stephen Brian Pinnell. Mm. So Stephen Brian Pinnell was born on November 22nd, 1957, in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. So he was a shy young boy, and he quickly grew into a really tall and kind of awkward young adult. He was already six foot when he entered high school. And oh. he had, yeah, he had dreams of being a police officer. Hmm. So he was fascinated with police officers since he was a child. But his dream was cut short when he failed the physical test for the police academy after completing college courses in criminology. Oh. They said he was like a bouncer for a club somewhere. Like, he was good in those situations to put somebody there who's like big and honest. Like, kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But once you started talking to him, like, nobody really took him seriously. Like Interesting. You know? He just didn't have that sort of demeanor that you need to have to... Yeah, like, like before he opened his mouth, it was fine. But his general demeanor, like, he just didn't command respect. Okay. So, he ended up ditching all things law enforcement to pursue a career as an electrician. Oh, okay. He married, he had kids, and he was known as a regular guy, helpful neighbor. Oh, he was the kind of dad who picked you and your friends up to go to school, who dressed as Santa when Christmas came around. There's usually something wrong with people who dress as Santa. I'm sorry. I know um, your dad does enjoy dad, dressing as Santa. My dad. But I will. He does I, have things wrong with him, but I he's will not conf- a serial killer. He's not a serial killer. He yeah. also, is, he just, there is definitely something not hooked up right. Yeah. Um, but he is a harmless Santa. But yeah, no, yeah. I would I would agree with that sentence. Anybody who likes Santa costume. Yeah. <laughs> I think Abby's dad likes to dress as Santa, too. He is the farthest <laughs> thing from... Spruce loose. <laughs> he doesn't even... Like, at least my dad, when you put him in a Santa costume, he has, like, the build of Santa. Yeah. 
Abby Zed has the face. Yeah, but the rest of him, it's like sick Santa because he's like this tall, gangly, little frail dude. He's like a track star. Yeah, <laughs> track star Santa. So I thought that was funny. Uh-huh. I was thinking about when Clark. we had Christmas Eve and your dad was dressed as Santa and he fell asleep in the trunk of, not the trunk, in the backseat of someone's car. And it was like, like so cold out yeah. that night. Oh, yeah. And we, like, couldn't find him. Yep. And we finally, like, discovered him in the Santa suit asleep in the backseat. In, like, a completely wrong car. (laughs) It wasn't his car. It wasn't any of, like, because it was a pretty big party, so there was a lot of cars. And it was just, no one locks their car. So it was just a random party attendant car (laughs) with just a drunk Santa that happened to be my father in the back. It was very cold. So we, like, shuffled him inside. We thought he was going to die. Yeah. From, like, hypothermia. But let me tell you, my dad is resilient. Yeah. I haven't seen him dressed as Santa since then, actually. <laughs> he's, he's scarred. So, he he's scarred. So, this was a more sinister Santa Claus. Yeah, no. But there were cracks, <coughs> they, and they were... Chabata Artahowski. I see his shadow. I'm like, what do you want? Okay, but there were cracks in his life, and they were getting bigger every day for Pinnell. He had a hard time holding down jobs as an electrician. It was affecting his home life, too. Okay. So he and his wife had several domestic disputes, and one ended with his wife having a broken arm. (gasps) She never reported it, though. So he ended up being put on surveillance by police after his run-in with Officer Renee on Highway 40. Yeah. So we're making progress now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And on September 18th, he was spotted on Highway 13 and Highway 40 for a while, but he eventually went home. So that's by surveillance. They see him on this highway. They're like, oh, shit. And it's been a year now almost since the first killing. Um, Yeah. Because it, it was November. Yeah. And now it's September. Mm-hmm. So they saw him go home. They're looking at him in his house. So all of the lights go off in his house and the police figured he went to bed. So they left for the evening. Hmm. But Pinnell would leave the house later that evening again. <gasps> and that same night, Michelle Gordon went missing. Oh. Yeah. So, by September 24th, the fibers were being compared that Officer Renee had collected from his van, from mm-hmm. Steve Brian Pinnell's van. And they came back as a match to those collected from Catherine DeMauro. Oh, the blue fibers all on over. her body. Yeah. So those match. Okay. So now they're like, we have something solid, right? Mm-hmm. So they're amping up their surveillance with steve and brian pinnell to being watched 24 hours a day so before he was like on surveillance but they weren't watching 24 hours obviously that's how he left his house that night and michelle gordon yeah they thought he was asleep yeah and and they don't have anything to connect him so now he's on surveillance 24 hours and police pulled him over under the guise of routine traffic stop so they bugged his vehicle at that point so they put in like a wire Mm -hmm. and they were able to obtain more samples of the carpet okay that were taken in a legal manner you know i don't know if what related was legal or not i don't know if they could use that i don't know why they got more but they got more probably just to cover their ass yeah i because i was thinking about that too like I, I i would think you would be allowed to take anything you find yeah but I don't, then he could argue that he wasn't driving his van maybe i have no idea yeah i think he I think later on he tried to file an appeal and say, like, they collected things illegally. Okay. Um, it, it didn't work out for him, though, just so you know. So, disturbingly, they also found handcuffs, pliers, restraints, needles, and knives in the van. Needles? Yeah. Gross. 
And on November 12th, another body was found by the Chesapeake and Delaware Canal by a hunter. Mm. And by now, the body was just skeletal remains. So this was Michelle Finner. She had disappeared back in August. Oh. She was also last seen getting into a blue van. And her body was severely decomposed, but signs of torture were still apparent even after the long period between her disappearance and the discovery of her body. Wow. So police raided Pinnell's home, and he removed the bug from his car that they the police had placed. Like, he knew, so he took it out. So then they went to his house. They're like, no, bitch. We're still going to get you. So he knew they were on to him, but he still stayed in the area and didn't try to run or anything. Interesting. And he was arrested in his home on November 29th, 1988. This case was the first case where DNA evidence was used in a criminal trial. Interesting. Yeah, so it's 1988, right? So just about mm-hmm. just about time. And victim's blood was found inside his van with the fibers from his van matching those on the victim's bodies. And that was enough to put him in jail for two life sentences. Hmm. And his testimony on the stand didn't help him either. The jury found him cold, had no regard for human life. He was making jokes about the quality of the sexual acts from his victims. Oh, God. And he never did confess. And he asked for the death penalty. Which was actually granted to him after an appeal. They gave it to him. Yeah. Mm. I know everybody has their opinions on death penalty, but I feel like it's worse to just grow old and die in jail. Yeah. So they did give him the death penalty, and then he was executed not long after that. So they didn't. They weren't able to link every single victim to him in court. I don't think, but they. New, well, know. usually, yeah. When like they, when you get charged, they go with the ones that they know that they can charge you with. Yeah, they didn't have a body for other people, right? But <sighs> they saw him getting into a blue van. It's just like that's terrible. Yeah. So that was Delaware's only serial killer, and he sucked. He did suck, like all of them. So I just yeah. thought it was interesting. I'm like, they only have one. That is interesting. Yeah. Odd. Mm. All right. Well, this one will come out right after your birthday. Mm. Happy birthday. Thanks. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to record a couple more today, so we'll get through um, the first couple weeks of December. That's which it. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye from Chibi. <laughs> <laughs>